Hello everyone and welcome to the kickabout. Arsenal hit West Ham for six as the heat grows on Moyes. I'm your host Chris. I'm Dan. I'm Lee. Welcome to episode 162 of The Kickabout. Um, we've got just quite a lot to cover, and I've got a big rant to get out of the fucking way. Yeah. Uh, so prepare yourselves, strap yourselves in, get some popcorn. Uh, but before we do that, of course, we'll start with this. Damn the stat, man! Yeah, and I've, I've got a stat, but I want to read it opposite way around to what they've put it, so I'm just trying to do it in my head very quickly. Okay, you take your time, then. Yeah. Preparation's key. Yeah, no, it's because I just read it and I thought, oh, fuck. Take a picture of the wrong stat, but no, that is it. Um, João Pedro has got four goals. Um, hang on, let me start again. Oh, you're really pushing my editing skills now. <laughs> it's because I'm so used to just reading it how it is, whereas I want to change it, but... It's Why? Like, is it because it's better if you change it or yeah. because it gives away the answer or something? No, I think because I've had this person as an answer before, so I want to change it so that the other player who isn't an answer. Okay. Um, right, so, João Pedro has the joint most goals for, as a substitute in the Premier League this season, but who is the second super sub? Okay. Now, goals off the bench. There we go. Third time's the charm, <laughs> mate. Um, right, okay, we'll get the answer to that later on, as always. A quick Fantasy League update. Um, my weekend was looking really tasty after um, a captaining Haaland. I took an eight-point hit to get him in, which hasn't helped, granted. But it paid off in the end because he got me 26 points. Um, I left Dallow on my bench. Bit yes. of a, a bit frustrating. Um, and none of my defenders kept clean sheets, as per the, as per the norm this, these days. No one keeps clean sheets. Um and uh, yeah, but overall, um, the only the only slight silver lining from West Ham getting smashed was that Saka got two of them, and I actually put him on my team this week because the last two weeks he's he's had returns and I've had him on my bench. So yeah, I've got sixty four in the end, and it has it has meant that I am just beginning to on one or two of my leagues I'm rising points off, rising <coughs> up. Uh, where's where's the other one? <laughs> Would you say? I forget to take them eight points off on that. Yeah, well. well they'll come off after tonight, I'm assuming, won't they? Um. So, yeah, net 57 at the moment, depending on if Palmer can do anything tonight. Um, so, yeah, not not horrendous in the end. And hopefully my team is set reasonably well for the next few weeks. What about you guys? Uh, I'm on 68 at the moment. Got Gusto and Palmer playing tonight, so... Chelsea they defender. Do mm. Yes. It doesn't he... really matter who you got in there. Oh, I know, it's true. Is he cheap? Fucking yeah, hell, what is going on? What is he doing? Sorry. Um, yes, Dan, how'd you get on? Uh, yeah, we won't bother about mine. It was looking so good for a while. I was catching up. Oh, oh Palace have just gone one up. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, Gusto, are you sure? <laughs> I've also got Gusto. Um... <sighs> <laughs> That's funny. It frustrates me that we're sitting around here and obviously Lee's got many frustrations as a Chelsea fan. As a West Ham fan, I have many frustrations. Dan at the moment must be sort of yeah. semi enjoying life at the moment. Form, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. Bring bring back uh, bring back Ollie or, or Ralph. <laughs> yeah, FBL not well. 
Not well. Moving on. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, strap me fucking. <laughs> uh, strap yourselves in, everybody, because uh, we are going to start in the only place we can really start from the weekend. Because whilst there were some uh, quite high-scoring games again, um, which we'll cover later on in the uh, in the show, um, of course, the one result that stands out for a multitude of reasons is the six-nil drubbing that Arsenal handed out to West Ham at the London Stadium. Um, I mean, obviously, I've got many strong opinions on this, and we'll go into some of those in a moment. But I wanted to get your guys' initial reaction about the um, what that kind of result means in the grand scheme of things. Not only for like Moyes' future, but for like just West Ham in general as a club that's trying to be a bit of a sort of a European regular and regularly knock on that on that door. Was this the culminate? Was this something that was coming? Do you think in the culmination of how we've been playing? Do you think this was just an off day? You know, how, how do you how do you view this as as a non West Ham fan? This is the worst I've seen you, like, in terms of <laughs> lack of effort or anything, like, as a team. What are you fucking laughing for? <laughs> Your face. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I wasn't you... expecting to go quite so hard straight off the bat, <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. It's, uh, you've been playing that same sort of, like, you've been moaning about it for months now, the, yeah. that style of football you've been playing, and Arsenal played really well, and it really showed how how poor you are really yeah I mean an XG of 0.02 or whatever mm. it was in the first half um, yeah. very much and he got, I think he got to the dizzying heights of 0.2 uh, Bowen had half. seven touches in the first half and uh, that was with kickoffs as well yeah um, so. the crazy thing is that would have been an awful result had it been at the Emirates let alone at mm. yeah um, the, the, the thing is with, with the um, all those stats I mean we've had five shots on goal um, against their 25 they've had 46 touches in our box we've had four I think it was or oh. five um, and the annoying thing was is that from the, in the first 20 minutes I mean I watched I wasn't going to watch the second half because I was so I was genuinely really <laughs> angry um, I don't get angry watching football that often but this one was fucking pushing it and after that first half finished, I thought, you know what, I'll just stick with it because I'm you know for content for the podcast and nothing else to be able to <laughs> talk about it as a, as a whole thing um, but for the first twenty minutes, we were kind of in the game. Like you know, we were we didn't look. Da- I wouldn't say we looked dangerous on the break, but at least we were trying to counterattack them. So you you know, we all obviously knew how we were going to play, but at least we were having a go at it. Mm. Defending wise, we looked okay. Ariola pulled off one amazing, an amazing save against uh, Trossard, yeah. um, and you, there was just a, a bit of me that thought, well, is it going to be one of those days again where we're going to frustrate Arsenal and maybe we'll nick something on the break? And then as soon as that first goal went in, it's like everyone just fell apart. It's like the, 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 the confidence just completely depleted out of West Ham, almost as if like, oh shit, they've scored. Now what do we do? We, we don't know how to react now. Do we come out and play? Do we continue with the plan? Um, and they, that, to me, West Ham looked completely devoid of everything. Mm. Um, and it was outside of the fact that it is a dreadful and an embarrassing and humiliating result um, in itself, what was more worrying was just the body language of the players. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't see after any one of those six goals went in. I didn't see one player get angry. I didn't see one player like throw his hands up and say, "What the fuck are you lot doing? Get yourselves together." This is embarrassing, sort of thing. So, for that to happen, for everyone to just kind of walk away and turn away, that's the first time that I've looked at it and thought, "I just wonder, are the players beginning to lose faith in in Moyes in terms mm-hmm. of his tactics?" I'm not suggesting they're not playing for him, because I think there is still a lot of uh, camaraderie there with some of the players. But it felt to me like this was a oh, here we go again, you know. This is it's not working again. 
Funny the right had to score like a bullet at the end. <laughs> you couldn't make that shit up. Could you? Um, I mean, he got a bit of uh, he got a bit of stick from the West Ham fans. Um, I will say that a lot of people have made a lot about that. They've been criticising the West Ham fans for like booing him and stuff. But actually, if you watch closely, he was applauded when he came off. He was applauded when he scored actually mm. for not celebrating, and he was also applauded when he came to take the corner. So I don't necessarily think I think. Most of the most of the booing is probably them just trying to put him off rather than actually yeah. hating on him. Maybe I'm wrong, but so yeah. In, in terms of the game, let's start with Arsenal because obviously I'm going to get him massively into West Ham in a minute. But let's talk about Arsenal because this is, uh, you know, for all West Ham were bad, Arsenal were outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, they were clinical. Bakayo Saka has suddenly hit a purple patch, and it feels like this is a rev- bit of a reverse of last year. That Arsenal hitting form now at exactly the right time, whereas last year this is not far off when they started to wobble. Um, So are you, you know, you look at that table now, I mean, City have got a game in hand, but as things stand, there is two points separating the top three and one goal from a goal difference point of view. Mm. Um, It's amazing. It's 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 incredible. That's the problem. I mean, Liverpool and Arsenal almost have to win every single game to keep pace with City. And City haven't even really been that good. No, I mean they were. We'll talk about them later, but I didn't think they were that great against no. Everton at all. I mean they ground the result out, um, but I thought they were pretty poor. Um, but yeah, I just, I just wonder. I think what's going to be really interesting with Arsenal is that clearly they've they have stepped up a level um, this year. They're, they're maintaining that push a bit bit better than they were um, sort of towards the end of last season. As things stand, what's going to be really interesting is how much have they learnt from last season. You know, they had that awful run towards the end of the season where they're dropping points again West Ham was one of them I think Southampton was one um, Liverpool they threw away a lead I think they got um, trounced by City at some point how much of that experience are they going to take into this season can they learn from that and can they you know evolve from that team that's known as the bit of the bottle jobs if you like and and make a real push and if they do lose hopefully well they'll what they'll want is if they do lose the league it's not because they've lost it they want to lose because City were just too good for them. Yeah, I hope it goes down to the wire. Yeah, the way is. City are playing at the moment, and now like Haaland's back, De Bruyne's. I mean, they didn't even start De Bruyne. He comes on and gets an assist straight away. Yeah, he he changed the game when yeah. he came on. He's incredible. Um, so yeah, does this um, you know, does this result change anything in terms of how you view Arsenal? Does this send a, send a message out to the rest of the league? Do you think? I still think they're a bit soft. I think if they was to. Drop I mean, a they couple played of points. Liverpool last week and, and I know, did but a job I think if they was to drop a couple of points and have a little wobble, I think, especially at this time of the season, I think they might just fall away a little bit. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting quite to a see. Young squad. Yeah. They have. I mean, they had a couple of injuries to key players last season. Salibra went out injured and Partey was injured. So if they can keep that core of the side fit and firing, um, I mean, I would like to. <laughs> obviously, yesterday is a bit of a. Um, and an enigma in terms of the result, but the, the lack of that number nine might be the defining factor come the end of the season. But if they play like that and create chances at will, then they still got players around who can who can put the ball in the back of the net. So um, yeah, I uh, I'm really excited to see how this league is going to pan out. Um, I want it to go as close to the wire as humanly possible. I I would love how good would it be last game of the season have three teams yeah. in a in a real position to to fight so for it. Never happens anymore, does it? No, so that'd be nice. I mean, the, la- the I best one was the one that City, uh, their first year they won it, was yeah, that 2012, where United thought they'd won it. <laughs> and they were all celebrating on the pitch. Do you remember that, Dan? Do you remember was that, that one? Sunderland or somewhere. Was it Stoke or something? QPR. 
No, no, no you're oh, we played like, Sunderland. Yeah, yeah they beat. And then you were celebrating, celebrating yeah, yeah. Alex Ferguson on the pitch, clapping everyone. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to keep this going just before I get into the West Ham stuff? Um, so anyway, right, let's talk um, Let's talk West Ham. Let's talk about Moyes um, because it's still very quiet about his new deal. The word is today that David Sullivan, our owner, has become increasingly concerned about not only the team's form, we still haven't won a, a game this calendar year. He's now growing very, very concerned about the, the, um, the fans' opinion of the team and of Moyes. Um, is this the result, do you think, that puts that nail in the coffin as to that he's now not going to get a contract? I don't know. It's, got, it's gone because you went from being halfway through the season to having the most points that you've ever had at that stage of the season to, I know you, you still wasn't playing great and all that and you were sort of managing to get results, but mm. I don't know. I think if, if he was going to get a new contract, you would have thought it would have been... They should have done it then. Out by now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the problem is, is that is there is always there's still this two sides of the argument, isn't there? But the problem is at the moment is that that other side of the argument where you were saying that everything is going well because we're winning, we're not winning games at the moment, so it makes the neg the negative negative voices that much louder because you can't turn around and say, yeah, we're playing boring football, but we're winning. Well, we're not at the moment, mm -hmm. and it's and it's becoming increasingly concerning. We're not scoring many goals. We only scored thirty six, which for a team with the supposed, you know, we were even talking about it, weren't yeah. we? About do West Ham have a better front three than Arsenal at one point? I mean, that conversation fucking... That, <laughs> that aged really badly, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, you know, and, and we've conceded now. We, we're minus six after mm. this game. You know, I know that this game is a, is a hyper example of that, but to concede 42 goals, I mean, that's that defensive record now is one, two, three, four, five. That's the sixth worst in the division. Almost sounds like LMA, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. literally is. I can't get away from it. <laughs> I'm even having to edit every single fucking episode of to relive the entire season. It's literally deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> Are these, um, this run of bad form, has this come since Paquetta's been out, or is that... Um, since we play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'd losing to United would do to a team. <laughs> Absolutely kills them. Um, I mean, if we look back, let's look back at the last... So the last game we won, ironically, was the 2-0 win at the Emirates against Arsenal on the 28th. Uh, since then, I'm pretty sure we lost... When did we lose Pakatar to injury? That was only last I can't remember weeks, if it was... No, it was, ago now, wasn't it? I think it was the Brighton game. I'm pretty sure it was the Brighton game because then he came back for the Bristol City game and lasted all of five minutes, five, mm. ten minutes, when everyone was like, why are you risking him sort of thing? So I'm pretty sure it was them. Um, God, and then you've and lost then, to Bristol. Yeah, I mean, look at these results. I mean, we've 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 we put a, by the way, we put a full strength team out against Bristol City at home, yeah. and they played us off the park for yeah, most of that game. We drew one all. We then played us, I think, quite a pretty strong team. It wasn't a full strength; but yeah. it was a pretty strong team in that return leg. Lost um, Sheffield United. You know how they didn't win that game against us. I've got no idea. Uh, Bournemouth played us off the park at the London Stadium last time our home game. Granted, we didn't play awfully. Against United, we created quite a few chances, yeah. but we still lost the game 3-0. And then, obviously, the Arsenal game. So, it's been a turgid run. But even if I go back beyond that, before that, I mean, the Arsenal game, we won 2-0. Arsenal absolutely battered us. On another day, they could have won that game 5-0. Um, Man United at home, we were poor that day. We mm -hmm. caught you on the break twice in a couple in the space of like five or ten minutes. Then you got the Carabao Cup, we got beat 5-1. We got beat not, not long before that, Fulham 5-0, we got beaten by. So... It's, we've been riding our luck for so long 
And it's it's I feel like now we're just we've hit this wall now and we're beginning to slide. And I, I see similarities with Moyes now as to when he was at Sunderland that time. It's almost like shit, my plan's been found out. What do we what do I do now? And I don't think he's got it in him to do anything different. I think this is kind of this is my flag in the sand, this is my line in the sand, sorry, and this is how we're gonna play. And come hell or high water, this is what's gonna happen. I think teams have found us out. How, I mean, how easy is it to play against a team that does not want the ball? Mm. Uh, we've got the... I, I was reading a... Um, I'll, I'll, I'll quote it here, actually, because I was going to do a little cheeky YouTube video about this because it was really pissing me off. Um, so um, it was this bit here. So in, in The Guardian, um, there was a piece from a guy called Barney Rona. He was talking about Moyes. And he basically says, and I quote here, Moyes is basically the last of the anti-possession men, the only current manager to take an active decision to have less, not more of the ball. West Ham, get this, are seventh bottom in Europe's top five leagues on possession uh, percentage this season, and the only team in that company for whom this is a deliberate choice. Wow. So all of the other teams around us are just shit and don't have the ball, mm. but we are actually making a choice not to have it. Um, uh, with the only team to have translated so little of the ball into so many points, which is obviously, I suppose that's a positive, uh, to remain unexceptional on every metric apart from clearances and goals from set pieces. They're the only two set pieces where we actually stack out quite well um, against other people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I mean, that French newspaper that was strangely reporting on the West Ham Brighton game said it was a clash of styles that verged on the cartoonish. Um, West Ham made 13 passes to Brighton's 221. This was much <laughs> earlier in the season when we beat them like 3 1 at their place, yeah. I think it was, or 3 0. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just that the whole dynamic of West Ham seems to be going against everything that's modern about football. Um, and I just wonder if. We are now at that point. I mean, let's let's say, for example, Moyes leaves at the end of the season. Does he get a job somewhere else, do you think? I think so. I think, because in my opinion, maybe... I mean, I think Mourinho is a bit of a dinosaur in terms of football management, but he'd easily still get jobs elsewhere. I mean, I'm not comparing Moyes to Mourinho, no, no, no. but in terms of... Jose Mourinho is very stuck in his ways in terms of how his tactics are. And so he's very defensive mm -hmm. and he builds up from the bat. You know, when he goes into a team, he buys centre-backs and works his way up the pitch. Um, Do you think, I mean, sometimes though with managers, I mean, obviously with maybe younger, more dynamic managers, more forward-thinking managers, sometimes they're using their jobs as a bit of like an advert advertisement for themselves. You know, mm. this is the philosophy I want to play. This is what I could do for your club if I end up, you know, working there, if I get sacked or I leave or whatever. You know, are there going to be any fans out there, any clubs out there looking at Moyes and thinking outside of the ones who maybe view him as a bit of a Sam Allardyce, you know, the, the, to come in and steady the ship because we, you know, we're in trouble of getting relegated. Mm. There's going to be no other clubs out there that are going to look at that and think, yeah, this is the way forward because you've got teams like Brighton, you've got Villa, you've had Leicester in the past, um, Newcastle um, under Eddie Howe for, to, to a degree, all playing a bit more of a dynamic football and all seeing a, a really good amount of success as well. Mm. So I just wonder what the future would hold for Moyes if, if and when he leaves. We might need him at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, it's still early days, but if you lost this, he's surely going to be I mean, I say it, feel like we say it every week, but surely well, it'll be on the yard. Are we talking? Not, we're not talking Chelsea week. It's on that. Um, I've seen that they're going to struggle to get rid of him anyway because of FFP. Because oh, they can't pay him yeah. out. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ! So, you just backed yourself into a corner. You can't sign players. And you can't even sack your manager. Yeah, Please so leave. I <laughs> <laughs> take you out for a good drink. <laughs> so yeah, so I think we might stop with anyone. So, uh, yeah. Like um, the, the stranger on Netflix, they start leaving notes in his mailbox. <laughs> when, you, uh, when you see a performance like this, uh, just to sort of finish off the West Ham point before we move on, when you see a performance like this, how much of the blame has to go on Moyes and how much has to go on the players? 
Um, yeah, obviously, to be at home, and I mean, against a team like Arsenal, you're not going to go and attack them. Um, but, you know, you could have been playing Sheffield United and you probably would have played a similar way. Um, so blame does have to go on Moyes, but at the same time, it's like you said with that you didn't see any players arguing. You want to see a bit of, you know, players having a go at each other. It was some passion. And pride yeah, and some pride, yeah. Um, so... Because there must come a point, you know, you know, we, we've all... Um, you know, we've played football albeit at a much lower level. We've played football for long enough to know that sometimes when the game's not going your way, you just think, Do you know what, fuck it, this isn't happening. And you just sort of like, you get people like, you jeer them up, you shout at them, you, you sort of like, you go that extra yard to sort of try and be an inspirational figure to the rest of the team for the, get them working harder. And outside of Bowen, who has been, by the way, completely nerfed by playing him up front, mm. um, I just don't get it. I mean, you look at the team selection yesterday, we've got a backup right back who's now playing left wing. Penny, Penny for uh, Corne's thoughts. He's now seen Ben Rama and Four now leave the club who were ahead of him in the pecking order. Mm. Pakatar's injured. And instead of playing Corne, who is the only player in this calendar year to score a goal from open play for us against Sheffield United, he plays Ben Johnson at left wing <laughs> ahead of him. Like, what has that fucking poor man got to do? And we've got Bowen playing through the middle. So we've got this makeshift left winger and we've got Kudas and Bowen who fill the other two positions. We've got two strikers sat on the bench. Mabama mm-hmm. and Danny Ings and Danny Ings had his best game for us against Sheffield United he's barely played a minute since Mabama mm-hmm. not had a minute but uh, barely a minute all fucking season so why not play one of them through the middle put Bowen back out on the right where he's most effective and leave Kudus out on the left I just don't this get is, it what are you going to lose can't get any worse can it no. so just try something different and we're at, the, we're at the point now we're not going to get relegated you've dropped out um, of Europe we've dropped out of Europe we've got we've still got the European competition to, to sort of to keep our season alive yeah. and keep us motivated so at the point now there is literally nothing to mm. lose why not go for it why not have a bit of a go and try and get the fans back on your side Moyes well, claims he's not on social media and he claims he doesn't listen to anything but there's no way that some of this stuff is not getting back to well, him you can hear the boos I mean all the fans leaving at half time must have yeah uh, I mean was it like 30,000 fans or sort of 20,000 fans yeah it was a lot yeah. it, was, uh, it was quite a lot what's um, your thoughts on that hmm <laughs> hey, we fell out our stadium every week. Lad, you know. um, what's my thoughts on that? Um, I'm kind of on the fence with it because I feel like football is an expensive uh, hobby to go and watch, especially at Premier League level. Um, and I feel like you should stay, you know, if you're a supporter, you support your team. Mm. So I feel like they should have just been there to see it out. If nothing else, 60,000 people booing it makes an awful lot more noise than 30,000 people booing. So you can maybe make more of a, a statement by doing that. However, I can't say as I blame them on this occasion. Mm. I mean, that was so bad to watch. Why would they waste their Sunday? Um, especially some of them have travelled a long way, I'm, not, uh, I'm sure. Um, I mean, if, if it had been 3-0 just before half-time, I don't think you would have seen that walk out. But I think the fourth goal really was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Mm. Um, and in the end, I think Arteta took pity on us. <laughs> genuinely he started bringing, he made like five subs about an hour in or about 65 yeah, minutes in people like that off just after yeah, 60 he, he brought, yeah he took off Saka Rice uh, Martinelli um, who else did he take off it was one or two others he took off like, who, who were basically tearing us to shreds and he brought on like a bunch of fringe players he brought a 16 year old on he was taking the piss <laughs> I mean even the Arsenal fans to be fair that's another reason to leave because you hear some of the Arsenal chants yeah. they were saying oh, what was the um uh, um, who's who's on the fucking score sheet after the fucking team <laughs> I don't know how the tune went but that was the lyric um, so yeah maybe West Ham fans didn't want to just sit, sit around and listen to Arsenal fans 
taking the piss out of them for no long. But uh, yeah, so if they'd have kept their full 11 on, God knows what that score would yeah. have been. James Ward Prowse fucking bringing Southampton vibes with him, isn't it? <laughs> they nine nils. So yeah, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? You think leaving early is a good thing, bad thing? What do you think? I personally would never leave early anyway, just because the amount of money you pay yeah, for a ticket. I mean, and I don't get out there very often. Uh, yeah. would, would your opinion be different if you were a season yeah I think holder? if I was going to every Amazing. single every game week. if yeah. I was going every single game then I probably would have left but yeah obviously as a someone that doesn't go to games as often I, I would have stayed but I was talking about fans and stuff and you were talking about the alternate universe with the Super Bowl yeah. I saw a video they were sort of filming people outside and, and they were saying how much have you paid for your ticket to be here today what at the Super Bowl yeah go on like people were like oh, I paid $10,000 $15,000 $8,000 I'm like, could you imagine if mental. football fans were made to... I mean, it's not far off that now. But. Well, no, I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess the obvious difference is that Super Bowls or American football tends to go on for... Only in America could you take a game that's four quarters of 15 minutes and make it last four and a half hours. <laughs> um, so at I, least they're... That's at least why they're I watch this. I remember last time I watched it, I was messaging you. And like, there'd been like one touch and then they go to like an ad break and start doing analysis. And I'm like... Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was a bit as well. Where I'm sure you messaged me and said about um, oh, was it the end of like the uh, the second quarter or something like that? And you were, yeah, I'll be back out in a minute, and then you were like, hang on a minute, what's the time? It's been like we kicked hour. off two and a half hours ago. It's only half time. I was like, yeah, man, you got a good forty minutes of the half time yeah. show yet. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was that was quite good. But no, I think the uh, the Super Bowl is like it's. it's it's so mad in terms of prices. It's just, like sweets. I mean, it's in Vegas. With it's a business, help. isn't it? Yeah. Um, sweets were something like 70 or grand mm. a sweet or something like that. But then you look at like World Cup final tickets, you know, yeah. they were thousands and yeah. thousands of pounds, weren't they? So it's not massively different. So anyway, right. That's enough West Ham arguing. I'm tempted to do a, um, a cheeky YouTube video this week to really get some shit off my chest, but uh, we'll see how much I calm down <laughs> in the next few days. Uh, let's let's um, let's allow Dan to be a bit of a, a bit brighter, shall we? Aston Villa one, Manchester United two. Mm. It's all looking a bit rosy at the moment for United, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky old United. <laughs> I mean, Scott McTominay, what a player! He deserves more respect, doesn't he? Yes, I don't think he did get enough respect on this pod from Dan. Hey, Rasmus Hoyland. Don't change the subject. Talk about yeah. McTominay. Yeah, he's. Fellaini. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, um, there is a lot of positives around at the moment. It feels like a lot of the negativity has has gone away. Mm. Um, obviously, the Sancho situation is, is done and dusted. Um, there doesn't appear to be any negativity at the moment behind the scenes. Maybe the Jim Ratcliffe stuff has kind of sort of put the lid on it for the time being and just sort of kept that abandoned. Everyone's kind of waiting to see how that pans out. Rashford thing sort of disappears or yeah no, I genuinely said Hoyland because <coughs> he's the second youngest player in Premier League history now to score five goals in a row that would have been a great I mean, it took step. him a while but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's taken him a long time think, think how many goals he could have got if he'd started the season well, I, could, like I could have done it as a stat but do you want to do it now then do you know who the youngest player ever to score five goals in a row do you, you actually know yeah I'd know oh, okay. is he a United player no you'd know him recent uh, he played for a few Premier League teams. He, don't know, retired maybe ten years ago or so, maybe a bit. Ten years ago, twenty. Years also, ago. He's an LMA player. Let's put it that way. Okay, he's an LMA player. Rooney? No. He said no. Not United player, so didn't you? Uh, Defoe? No. Hmm. He was a team. Chelsea was one of the teams. Robin? No. Chelsea is one of the teams. Yeah, played for 
I think I played for more than one, but I definitely know I played for two Premier League teams. Right, Phillips? No. Uh, come on, Lee. Choco? No. He's a striker. Striker from those days. Sturridge? No. You say the young, he was obviously... He was the, yeah, he's the youngest player in Premier League history to score five goals in a row in five games, I think. Must be a little long time ago then. How old would he have been on LMA? Not an Elka. Is it? An Elka. Good yeah. shout. So, um, yeah, I mean, in fairness to Hoyland, he's found his uh, found his form and now all of a sudden it's hilarious how the narrative changes, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Because yeah. now Paul Merson, <laughs> I saw the other day, is like, this guy's going to be a fucking wonder kid. <laughs> so hang on a minute, about six weeks ago, you were slightly, he was like, he wasn't good enough and went physical enough for the Premier League. Before I was reading out all these stats about how he's gone so long without scoring and now he's getting stats for goals in a row. Yeah, but he's, he will see the form and the confidence is flowing because the goal he scored was it last weekend where he just mm. like hit his toe and went in. A month or two ago, that, yeah. He, he, I mean, he's either not there or it, yeah, it goes wild. I think that first Premier League goal where he literally just stood there and like screams just showed like how much he needed that goal. Yeah, but I mean, look, United have needed that number nine for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, as a January, I mean, nothing really happened for anybody in January, did no. it? But you know, n- another striker not coming in again sort of put the focus on on mm. Hoyland and said right you, you know you've got another six months of the season or whatever to now go and, and prove yourself and he's been doing a really good job I mean it's you know it's the the, the form of, of him Garnacho. Um I mean there's a lot of good news all of a sudden about United isn't yeah um, annoyingly like the players coming back from injury was a big thing for us but now Martinez is in yeah again. I must admit I felt really sorry for yeah, Martinez Luke, I really did Luke Shaw's injured again now is he yeah he went off against Villa um, um, bad or I'm not sure we had Lindelof playing left back somewhere because we let Regalon go, so we've got no left back. Because <laughs> Molassi's been injured for like a year. He got, did he score or get assist any Regalon this weekend? Yeah, he did, yeah. 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 Good player. <laughs> <laughs> so he did play well, no, no, he played well. He, yeah, yeah, he, he actually, did. That's probably one of his game. best games yeah. I've seen yeah. for United. Probably the most saves he's made this year in one mm. game. I think um, it's also worth noting that Harry Maguire has had a bit of a redemption arc. Yeah. Um, you know, we have given him a lot of stick on the show over the over the years, as has everybody else in the football world. But credit where credit is due, you know, Martinez comes back in the team. He does really, really well for the game or two that he was there. He gets injured again. And all of a sudden, Maguire's got to come back in. And it would be very easy to kind of go, oh, God, no, Maguire's well, got to come back in. But I thought he was brilliant. One again. thing I like about Maguire, I'm glad the captaincy was taken off him because... I feel like his voice has been taken away because before there was just loads of shit about him talking in the papers and this, that and the other and talking in interviews, whereas now he's talking with his football. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything from him in ages, but he's obviously been playing well. He's been playing more and we just haven't had all these stupid interviews and none of these sticking his fingers in his ears and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously with the Euros this year... um, Maguire, we know is going to be in the squad anyway. Yeah. So the fact that he's playing and playing well is going to yeah. is going to completely eradicate the whole. Oh, why the fuck's Maguire in that team? And again, we were part mm. of that crew and say why is he, why he, why is he in there? Um, so yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth calling out. Think, well, did he get he got man of the match? I think yesterday did he? Might have done yeah because he got the assist for the first goal. Um, so he yeah, the cost for most of the game as well. Mm. So he done yeah, they did batter us yeah. to be fair. Do you so, think um, Garnacho's got a bit big time? He's very yeah, greedy he's now. Isn't he? He's become like Rashford. Yeah, he yeah. literally 
hardly ever passes yeah. when he's in and around the 18-yard ball. But I think the problem is, I think last season or the start of the season, like Ten Hag told him he wanted him to score more goals. Mm-hmm. So he's <laughs> taking always, it quite literally. Yeah, so he, now he's sort of gone the opposite way because he was never shooting. He, you know, he'd be through one-on-one and he'd always be looking for that like sweaty pass when it wasn't on half the times. And I remember reading that Ten Hag had said to him, look, you've got to be scoring more goals if you want to start in the team and stuff. And now he's sort of gone full 360 and shoots from everywhere. Well, it's been made quite easy for him in terms of getting in the team. <laughs> Anthony, practically, you're now your only other option in those areas. Yeah. Because Martial's perpetually injured. so much of that, Anthony. Every time some player that's been injured all season comes on and gets an assist or scores a goal. Because like, things like the Brentford goalkeeper got an assist and straight away <laughs> there's the Anthony. <laughs> <Lincoln>, right? <laughs> Oh dear! Speaking of um, of of stats, a slight uh, curveball here. Uh, have we all been enjoying the uh, the Harry Kane memes this week? Oh, this weekend, <laughs> excellent. It's been for those of you that haven't seen. So um, it, it's looking quite likely now. Uh, obviously, there's still you know what ten games or whatever it is of the season left. The Bayern Leverkusen are going to win the Bundesliga this year. So Harry Kane has left Spurs in search for trophies. Guaranteed he's gone, trophies. He's gone practically to a team outside of maybe Celtic that is the most guaranteed trophy in in European football. And he may not win one. Um, so some of the memes have been brilliant. You know, like, uh, Harry Kane's got the Bayern Munich. It's been the first year since 1467. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one that says, uh, um, breaking news, Harry Kane transfers to uh, Celtic at the age of 37 yeah. only for him to win the yeah. title. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, you know, Eric Dyer's gone there as well. Um, I mean, I've been really enjoying some of his interviews, giving in his, uh, in his accent. So I know he had a bit of an accent anyway because he spent that time out in Portugal, but it feels like this is a very Steve McLaren-esque yeah. attempt at putting on a, a local accent. So anyway, uh, back to uh, back to United briefly. Um, rest of the season now, I mean, you're in good nick, you're in good form. Um, five points off of, uh, off of Aston Villa in front of you. Is there a late surge for that top four on the cards? I think we'll struggle to get top four. Um, I think you get fifth. Yeah, I think fifth is the aim. Well, you look, at the, you look still... at the difference between fifth and fourth. If you're aiming for fifth, then fourth is very much in reach as well. Yeah, I but think, we can get think, Champions uh, League football if we finish fifth. This is true with the coefficient. Yeah. That's very true. I, I also think that Villa are on the slide a little bit, whereas Spurs, I think, are slightly on the and up. We're, we're out of Europe now, as Villa are still in Europe, which I think will have an impact when they start to play yeah, two Vi- games a week again. Villa's form... I mean, Villa are a, a really entertaining team to watch, mm-hmm. and, they, and they have remained that. Um, but their form has been a little bit up and down recently. Um, you know, they've lost three of their last six, winning two and drawing one. So very inconsistent. Um, but I still feel like if if they do get that fifth spot and get into the Champions League next year, that will be... Is that is that a bigger achievement than what Newcastle did last year, do you think? Or do you think that it's a, you know on par? Do you think the Newcastle's was better? How do you view that? Because it's... I'm trying to think of other teams who aren't fancied for top four, if you like, that have got top four. Um, I mean, Leicester got very close for a couple of years in a row, didn't they? Mm. And they sort of lost it right at the death. Do Wolves never got top four? They? Never got top four, no. They got Europe, didn't they? Yeah. Not. Um, so I think they've done it. The thing is, you can't really use the money thing with Newcastle because they haven't really gone no, out. They've, and... they've spent quite well, haven't they? Yeah, really? yeah they've, they've not gone, gone crazy. Mad, mad, no. they? Well, I don't think, like, obviously, Bacon, FFP and how that's haunting them now, they, they obviously they weren't able to anyway, even if they wanted to. Um, I mean, they've got a massive squad because they're on the C team, aren't yeah, they, according to Shearer? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and obviously they've got a very expensive uh, player who's currently on the bench in, in Tonali, uh, who won't be back until 
part, part way through. Uh, no, um, I think he's. Uh, I think he's been banned. What was it? Ten months? Yeah. Long ass ban, wasn't it? But I think that's going to take him into next season. Mm. So yeah, Ivan, Tony, and him are probably at the same uh, fucking gambles, gamblers aware, anonymous, or whatever they want to call the it. Thing the other day, it was. Um, I think it was like Troy Dean. He celebrated. You know when he scored that goal against like Leicester when he was at Watford. Uh, you talk about the one where it was like the, the, the famous the playoff penalty, one, and then yeah, was, yeah, was it Leicester or was it Ipswich? I can't remember whoever yeah, it was. Whoever it was, yeah, um, it was him celebrating that goal, and then it was like Chelsea's um, new signing. Get, get him on, she's <laughs> finished. Get him on, and then it was like Tony celebrating um, that he can now put blue cards in his bet builder. <laughs> Speaking of weird, let's take a little segment before we talk about Aston Villa in a bit more depth. Um, let's segue and talk about this blue cards thing and, and the sin bins because no, no matter how much negativity there is, and I've yet to see anybody in sports journalism, in, in professional football and everything else, I've yet to see anybody say that this is a good thing and that they want it in. And yet it looks like they're pressing ahead with it. So they've, they've delayed the, the unveiling of the full plans until early March. I think it's the 2nd of March. Um but I don't think we've had the opportunity to really talk about it in any depth on the show yet. So I think we spoke about it a while ago when it was first brought up that it could be a thing. Yeah, um, um, but that was only when it was Sinbin. I don't yeah. think the blue card thing. I don't know if that... Like is blue card a Sinbin? Yeah, is it, it is the same, same thing? thing. Yeah, it's, it's and, same thing. and do we know if... I don't know. I haven't seen anything, but do we know if a blue card... Because I think they're going to give blue cards for things like Descent, these sort of professional fouls. Yeah. Is um, that going to take place of a yellow card? No. No. So, and now if you get... Two blue cards in a game, it's a red card, or a blue and a yellow equals a red card as well. So, the what's the point of a blue card then? They just so it's literally a yellow card. They just want to make changes for the sake of making changes. Is this like just trying to football yeah. alone? They're just trying to justify their yeah, own existence, aren't they? Um, I just don't see a situation how this is going to work because I mean, Paul Merson was incredibly passionate about this before when he was talking about it. You know, a team goes down to ten men for ten minutes. You know what full well what's going to happen? They sit back, they'll time waste. They'll be walking to get the throws. They'll be taking the time over of a set pieces. Have you seen um, the rule they're thinking of doing with goalkeepers wasting time? No. So if they take longer than six seconds, I think, the team gets a corner. What, when the ball is in their hands or mm. when the ball is on the deck for a goal kick after it's gone out I think when play? it's in their hands. So it's funny because the six-second rule has been in football since mm. forever. But it never gets but you used never, yeah. No, and it's a bit like foul throws. You yeah. almost never yeah. see a foul throw given. Because back in, what was it, like the 90s, where it was like... Was it three steps the goalkeeper could yeah, take and yeah. things like that? I, I think it's where you weren't allowed to like sort of bounce the ball and stuff. I thought once it left your hands, I think you could bounce it, but you couldn't like put it down and then pick it up right. again. Yeah, you if you part. rolled the ball out, yeah, you couldn't yeah, pick it up again. Yeah. But I think it's going to take if if they do bring in that rule with the goalkeepers, it's going to take a very brave referee mm. to be the guy who's going to say no. That's uh, that's seven seconds. <laughs> that's a corner. It's going to take a very brave man because as soon as you do it once, that's you've got to do yeah, it every yeah, time. Yeah. Um, I also think as well that that you saying that is the problem. We've already got rules that some refs stick to strictly and some refs yeah. are lenient with. And I, I was just about to say as well that with the amount of stuff that we're asking of referees now, where they have got they've got to liaise with VAR, they've got to do this, that, and the other, it feels like we're making their jobs harder in a time when they're already struggling. Mm. Why do why are we trying to overcome? Why are we not trying to simplify? We should be taking things out of football. Well, they seem to rather think than putting this it is in. making their job's easier by doing things like this but it, it's the complete opposite like you yeah. said, they're just making it harder for them yeah I, I don't I don't understand it at all and they, football's not going to benefit from any of this stuff it's interesting as well get your guys opinion as, as we all uh, play in the same same team at, at the level that we do do you feel that sin bins work at our level don't really see them 
How often do you get? Oh, I no. fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> was so, literally the first weekend he was brought in in pre-season. Um, you know, Ian, the guy, Charlie's dad. Yeah, yeah. He, he's been in with a pre-season friendly. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but so, no, the, the, the reason I ask is that in in the communications in the sort of statement that has, that has gone out, they've talked about how they feel like Simbins has been a rousing success at grassroots level. And I'm thinking, in my experience, a it very rarely ever gets used, and when it does, it's never consistent. No. Like we had one the other week where one of our players got Simbins for basically saying to the referee, "Hang on, I'm just waiting for the, the goalkeeper to do something," and he got Simbins. Somebody else called someone a cunt later. He got a talking to and got nothing. No. It's like if you're not going to do it, then just you know don't do it at all. Yeah, I don't understand. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see because they've gone back to the drawing board. I'm assuming it's because of the backlash they've had. But knowing IFAB, they're going to try and find a way to push this through and test this. So I worry... FIFA aren't interested, are they? FIFA aren't interested in it. But if UEFA are, what's happening this summer? Mm. I guarantee you that this summer is going to be used. It's going to be used as a test. Yeah. Um, uh, where was it? I don't know. Uh, UEFA president uh, Alexander Seferin declaring it would be the death of football okay alright well it won't get used in <laughs> uh, he's vowed not to introduce him to the <coughs> upcoming European Championship or the Champions League um, with the Premier League not expected to host trials anytime soon Right. Okay. So it sounds like this is going to be dead in the water then, which is good news for everybody. Mm. Uh, right. Sorry. Back to uh, Aston Villa United then. So as as far as Aston Villa go, um, obviously they is this just a blip or are we going to see them slide a little bit? Do you think? Because they're they're still playing well. Like it's still yeah. they're not playing. Um, you know, not 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 turning up on games, being a bit wasteful with chances, getting a little bit unlucky here and there. Is this just a fight for it and their formal return yeah I think I, I think they've done this a couple of times them and Brighton where they sort of they're almost like roller coaster they'll, mm. you know they'll win three or four in a row and then they'll have this where there's a lot of red and green mixed in there with Europe coming back as well yeah I think I think, I think that will make it there. tougher because they've yeah. um, Concer was injured uh, I think they've got a few injuries Dina's injured so yeah a few defensive injuries um, but their squad is pretty deep now I mean, you look at the the bench that they had at the weekend um, they had, I think they had Diaby on the bench. We've got uh, Pau Torres. Digne was on, uh, came off the bench towards the end. So he, I don't know if he did he go off again because he came, he came off the bench in the eighty seventh minute to come Who on. Digne, you're saying he was injured? Oh, he was injured. Yeah, he must have come back and um, maybe got. So, but yeah, you look at that. You got um, Zaniolo on the bench as well. Uh, Yuri Tielemans on the bench. So they got some. They got it's some a shame depth about um, Diaby. He started the season unreal, and he's become a bit of a. He was a bit of a mainstay in almost yeah. every FBL team, wasn't he, at the start? But Leon Bailey seems to have completely made that place his own. But to be fair to Leon Bailey, this is touch wood for him. This is the longest he's been at Villa without an injury, you know, because he's mm. had such an injury hit time at Villa. But this seems to be the uh, the best period of his of his Aston Villa career so far. Um, so yeah, I, I must admit, I, I absolutely adore Villa, and it's making me very jealous watching them play because I feel like player for player. Um, they are. I think they are better than West Ham player for player, certainly in, in, a, in an attacking sense. But I don't think they're they're so far in front of West Ham that West Ham can't look to emulate what they're doing with the right approach. And I think it's making me quite jealous watching what Unai Emery, Unai Emery is doing there. Um, right, let's move on. Let's talk uh, briefly then about a few more games. Let's talk Man City Everton. Um, this was typical Haaland, this wasn't it? Mm. Not really had a sniff all game long and still finds a way to get two goals and Man City find a way to win a game. So annoying. <laughs> was it seventieth minute for their shot on target? Wasn't yeah. it? I pre- was that not their I think first it was shot the goal. Target? Yeah, I think the goal was their first shot on target. Um, yeah, I, I felt like Everton 
defended were really well. defending. Yeah, they defended superbly. Um, they they didn't give them really any clear opportunities. The second goal, like Braithwaite literally just ran into a brick wall, <laughs> yeah, yeah. flattened him. I felt really sorry for him. He looked like a deer in the headlights. As soon as he saw him running, his arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to get and literally just ran into yeah. him and fell to the floor. It was funny because on match of the day, um, they were they were analysing that specific moment where Harlem breaks off and De Bruyne yeah. has got this sort of telepathic understanding mm. of knowing where Harlem's going. And Martin Keown, I think it was, was like, yeah, I feel like at this point he should be looking the other way and doing this with his body. He's thinking, he's trying to keep up with Erling Haaland. Give the guy a fucking break. So, yeah, and I feel he just looked like he was off balance and he's tried to nudge Haaland out of the way and Haaland is, like, he's so deceivingly strong. Yeah. He doesn't look like there's much yeah. of him, but he's so strong. Um, and it was, a you know, a typical calm and collected and very composed finish from Haaland. Um on the topic of Braithwaite, though, I th- watching him in that game, I thought he was. Yeah. He's been really, really good and really yeah. How is it? good. Like Twenty or something. Yeah, I think he's a really good find. Yeah. I think that he's he could be the next sort of John Stones, if you like, coming yeah. out of Everton. I wonder if he's is he a youth player. I think so. Yeah, I don't think they brought him in unless I'm, I might be wrong in that, but I'm pretty sure he came through their ranks. Um, yeah, I mean, is this example of where De Bruyne comes off the bench, Bernardo Silva comes off the bench? You know, is that that depth that Man City have when things aren't going quite right, go fuck it, right, coming in De Bruyne, coming in Bernardo. I mean, that's the problem with talking about FPL picking City players. They've just got so many players. You know, De Bruyne on the bench. I couldn't believe you Bernard- did that. Bernardo Silva on the bench. Like I sank just- eight points this weekend to get Harlan in my team. And I, I thought, no, De Bruyne's going to be in there as well. These two, <laughs> these two are going to cook over the next few games. Fucking benches him. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that about? And he benched... Um, Thankfully, I'd, I'd taken Walker out because I'd only had three City players yeah. in there. So I took Walker out as part of it, but he got benched as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just this pet roulette again, isn't it? Uh, but, yeah, is this anonymous? Is it another sort of anonymous sign for the rest of the league that they can still play and misfire this much and still give half a chance all of a sudden they've won 2 0? And it, on paper, it looks comfortable, but in reality, it, it really wasn't. It's interesting because Alvarez has played a lot of football this season. <laughs> Even now, Haaland's back. Alvarez seems to be playing a lot. Mm yeah, I mean, you think back to previous times where they had like Aguero, they very rarely would, have they, would they ever play Aguero and Jesus, for yeah. example, or Aguero and Dzeko. Um, it was never, it was always one or the other. So, I feel like uh, Jesus would work quite well in that 10 role. In that Man City team, Jesus would be fucking mm. ridiculous. Um, granted, he's injured more times than he's not now. But yeah, strangely wasteful for Man City. 72% possession, 19 shots, just three on target. Um, but they got the job done and they wore them down. Um, as for Everton... Uh, I mean, it's not doesn't make good reading um, in in the league, does it? Um, do you think they're getting out of this? Do you think they can survive? I still a little bit like last year. For not relegation would be worse for them than any of those other yeah. teams around them. Especially that new stadium. As yeah, well. this would be so bad for them if, mm. if they got relegated. Do you think they can pull themselves out of this? I think they out of the three teams, they are the one team that you'd say can get out. Yeah, I mean, I. When I was watching the game, they said that if they hadn't had that deduction, they'd be 12th. So, you know, they've obviously earned their way up the table. And they're only one point off. Mm. Um, they've still got to play the teams below them. So, I, th- I I mean, the way they played against City for those 70 minutes, I think, you know, they do that against other teams and they'll, they'll pick up points. The problem with Everton is they're struggling to score goals. Like, mm. Calvert Lewin's not been the player he was a few years ago. Conor Gallagher equalises for Chelsea. It's his first goal of the season, I think. They were, they were talking about him not scoring many goals before the game started. Talking about selling him. Take an eight minute. <laughs> yeah, that's another zero on his yeah. price tag. Hopefully that was Gusto assist. 
Um, so yeah, I, I do worry about Everton. I have to say, I watched them on a number of occasions this year, and, and granted, they've you know it looks weird because they're, they're third bottom in the league, but they've won eight games. Mm. It just looks weird because of the whole point selection thing. But ultimately, they are where they are because of that, and they've got to find they've got to find some ways of winning some games and getting some points on the board. From the way uh, I can't remember what the guy's name was who was on talks for the other day, but it sounds pretty nailed on that they're going to get another points deduction this season. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, so they need to start winning. Yes, soon. they need to start winning pronto. I mean, I'm just looking back through their uh, their league fixtures to find out when the last time they won a game. They haven't won since the 16th of December in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 2-0 two, two loss to City. They've had some tough fixtures in fairness. 2-0 loss to City, drew two against Spurs, 0-0 Everton, uh, sorry, 0-0 Fulham, 0-0 um, Villa, uh, lost 3-0 at Wolves lost 3-1 to Man City 2-1 against Spurs um, and then yeah Burnley 2-0 but that was the last of that good run of form where they were winning games left right and centre they beat Forest Newcastle Chelsea and Burnley in the space of 14 days in, in December and then since then it's just fallen off a cliff so yeah if there is another, do we know how much the points deduction is likely to be is it going to be another 10 I don't think it would be as many because they got extra last time didn't they for something rather than yeah. what it was now I mean, it's not going to need to be much to have a pretty big impact. So, yeah, they need to... That would be unfair, I think, to do it. I say unfair. I mean, they've effectively cheated, haven't they? But I think when... The problem is when City and Chelsea have got those... Is it Chelsea as well? Chelsea have, but it's slightly different. It's to do with um, paying players, agents and things like that. When City and Chelsea have got sort of similar thing but much on a bigger scale yeah well City's is ridiculous over 100 chances yeah, yeah. And, then, and, and also because of the success that City have had during yeah, that period yeah you've got them well. like you know winning leagues and cups and, and then you're taking points off of Everton who are fighting relegation I think that's where the kick in the teeth is I I think we they're an um, easy target yeah they? yeah this is the problem um, I, I really am very interested to see how this plays out with City and with Chelsea to a degree as well because if if they don't give them pretty heavy sanctions in terms of points, fines, etc. I think there's going to be a, a real big outcry, not only from Everton, but from other Premier League teams as well, to say, hang on a minute, you've punished one team for FFP for 10 points or maybe more, whatever it's going to be. You've not done anything for City. So does that mean that we can, you know, we can go ahead and, and break FFP rules and not really, you know, have to worry too much about heavy mm. sanctions? So it's... Um, it's a it'll be a very critical moment because it will it will make or break FFP. I feel because mm. FFP for a lot of people is is already a when you when you've got FFP in place, I think which is I think is like a UEFA directive, and you've got these uh, profitability and sustainability rules within the Premier League. You know, do we need both of those? Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about the finances behind it, but it feel it feels like it's a little bit restrictive at times. I understand I why they're there. I think it is good. Because I understand why they're there. Teams like Newcastle just yeah. buying mm. stupid amounts of players. Um, yeah, it needs to be something there, doesn't there? But it has to be fair in the end. Yeah, of the yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, you you know your teams like your Palace and Brighton, they'll never have any chance of catching up. Yeah, I feel like maybe there's there could be a different way to do it though. Um, but uh, I suppose at the end of the day, the rules are there for everyone and they've been there for a while now. And if you've yeah. broken them, well, you know, it's, it's, really it's on you. Time, it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh no, we've been deducted 10 points. Oh no, we're 12th. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's move on. Let's talk Luton, Sheffield United. This was a surprise. Shock. Yeah. This was a surprise, this result for me. 
Uh, Luton have been in red hot form. Um, it, it felt like watching, certainly watching the highlights of the game that actually um, Sheffield United, uh, they were they were quite good value for this in the end. Um, I was really impressed with um, Souza, whatever his name is up front for Sheffield United. Um, obviously, Bereton Diaz was injured for this, which was a big mess, but mm. in the end didn't need him. Um, does this, I mean, we talked about them before. We did say that this was a big game, that it, this might give them a bit of a morale boost, confidence boost that they can get out of it. Does it? Nah, they can't. They're too far gone. I can't see them getting out. Seven points off of Luton at the moment, yeah. with Luton with the game in hand, of course. I just can't see them. Even this game, Luton, we've said in previous weeks that everything good about Luton goes through Barkley. Barkley had a poor game this game. Yeah. And I think that was part of the reason why well, they didn't perform. But I just I can't see Sheffield United getting out of it. No, I mean, if you look I mean, at... this game, they had 20% possession or something silly like that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the, the penalty, for example, in fact, both penalties yeah. were, in my opinion, ridiculous yeah. decisions. They, they were, neither of them were penalties. No, absolutely not. Um, I think, I'm trying to think which one it was. It was either the Sheffield United penalty or the losing one, but there was one where not a single player first, yeah, or anybody United in the crowd or anybody said a damn yeah. word. and yet the Everyone just got know, on with it. And yeah. then and then the referee went over and had a look. Yeah, it's sorry. It was Reese Burke, I think it was. So I think it was the it was the Sheffield United. You have to, in order to jump and land, you're gonna have your arms in the air. Yeah. He's not even looking at where the ball's come from. It's come back. It's just gone past him and then come back towards him. Yeah. It, I think the other if one. If that's handball. Yeah, right, I think the the, the other one was even worse. Yeah, well, his his hand wasn't even out. It was far <laughs> up here. <laughs> his literally his hands yeah. were like kind of tucked in. Yeah. It's so stupid. I think. Do you think he's given that one because he's given the first one? I mean, you would hope that that sort of thinking doesn't come into it yeah. at that level, but I think kind of sometimes it does. Yeah. I think mm. maybe even subconsciously it does. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think Sheff- I don't think this changes anything about Sheffield United um, and, and their chances. I don't see them scoring enough goals. I certainly don't see them conceding, uh, you know, or, or stopping the, the, the goals coming in. Um, they've... They've got Brighton next, then they've got Wolves, then Arsenal, Bournemouth, Manchester United. That is a That's, really tough run of fixtures. They're getting zero points from any of them games. Yeah, I don't see them getting points from any of those. So you wouldn't have said that a few weeks ago. What's that? Us being included in that. Mm-hmm. No, to be honest, I think even at your ground, I would have... I think even if Chelsea them. was in there, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> West Ham, maybe not so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, Neither team wants the ball. <laughs> just kick off and then both yeah. teams run away. <laughs> Interesting they're on Sky the next three game weeks. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Predicting goals. Do you think, do you think, yeah, do you think Sky Sports are, are seeing goals in those games? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything going on there. What about Luton, though? Because this was a, a result that actually would have seen them really put a little bit of daylight between them and the bottom three. This is a massive missed opportunity. Really, I mean, watched them against like Chelsea and Newcastle, the way they played. Like they, you know, they really went head-to-head with them. And so I was shocked as... Sort of see them go. Soon, they got a little bit complacent. Yeah, it's, oh, it's just Sheffield United. We yeah. should be able to roll these over at home. And whereas you know, for Sheffield, it was one of their biggest sort of games do what of the die, season. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. But I think really, I think mentally they would have been buried if they mm. didn't win this game because that would have left them uh, ten points from safety. No, it would have been more. Uh, it would have been eleven. Yeah, because yeah. it would have been Forest, wouldn't it? That yeah. they would be next nearest to. So I think mentally they would have been buried mm. at that point. So I think this does give them a lift. So it'd be really interesting to see how they approach the next game. But if Brighton turn up, and Brighton are a funny team, they can yeah. they can either 
put on an absolute shit show like they did against Luton the other week. Well, they tend or to they go win, up... win, loss, win, loss, and they yeah. lost the weekend, so it's a bit weird. Oh, yeah, so they're probably going to turn up and beat them about 5 yeah. nil then. Um, <laughs> well, 5 1. No one keeps clean sheets anymore. So a couple of things guaranteed. A stupid man getting a yellow card yeah. and conceding and getting zero points. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he'll concede the goal in the 59th minute, get booked in the 60th and then get, yeah. and then get hauled Soft. off. So we don't get the points. Um, yeah, I, I feel like Luton have still got enough in them. I don't... It, Luton need to obviously bounce back quickly with this. They do, What they don't want to do is get into that position where we see it with, with teams down the bottom where they go on a bit of a run and then they hit a bit of a wall. They lose one game, maybe one that they're expected to win like this one, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, we're not maybe as good as we thought we were. Yeah. I mean, the confidence takes a bit of a hit and then they start to, to drop this, off a This was bit. one of the worst ones because they was at home. At home, that's where they need to be picking their <laughs> points up. Yeah, I'm just taking a look at their next few pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester United at home, Liverpool away, Man oh. City at home, Aston Villa at home is their next four. Holy wow. shit. <laughs> um, I mean, Manchester United at home um, at the moment is going to be a really... If, if that had been a month or two ago, you might have said, actually, no, they've got a real yeah. chance there. But I think right now, they'll do well to get anything out of that. Liverpool away, I don't see them getting anything no. there. Um Man City, oh, actually, to be fair, Man City's FA Cup didn't spot that. That's uh, that's not Premier League. But, I mean, if they get battered in that, that could be a confidence so, yeah. dropper anyway. Um, and then Aston Villa. So, yeah, um, it's going to be, it's, I think the next few weeks, looking at some of the fixtures that these teams around the bottom have got, it's, it could really shape how this is going to play out. Um, and how that, uh, how that will look towards the end of the season uh, right let's move on then last game we're going to talk about uh, this evening Nottingham Forest against Newcastle really good game mm-hmm. finished 3-2 in the end to Newcastle um, can someone explain to me uh, why why Dan Byrne continues to be a left back <laughs> because <laughs> he, he looks so fucking exposed He's th- he must be the slowest player in the Premier League I, I, honestly it looks like I've seen icebergs move quicker yeah. It's unbelievable how slow he is. And he's been exposed now by, um, I can't remember, is it a low, a low way? A low beat? I can't remember his name. is the guy at Luton who absolutely skinned him alive at St. James's Park the other week. Uh, Elanga was, the, the difference in pace was frightening. But I don't necessarily think it was because Elanga is so electric. I think it's more because Dan Byrne is just incredibly slow. Mm. Um, and I feel like if, if Eddie Howe doesn't get a grip on this, Teams are going to target this. They're going to stick their fastest player out in that white wing and they're going to look to turn yeah. him around every single time. Um, so I feel like Dan Byrne either needs to be moved into centre-back um, or they need to uh, take him out. I mean, Liv- Livermento, like, why is he, yeah. why is he yeah, not He there? was playing well as well, wasn't he? When he came in. Don't really, don't really targets, understand that. Yeah. yeah um, well, maybe it's something that they'll deal with in the season. I feel for him because he's been a good servant. He's paid and he is a good defender. But in a, in a, in a, in a yeah, and in in a dynamic team like Newcastle are trying to be, I feel like actually having a more dynamic left back would be far more beneficial to them as a it team going forward. It reminds me a bit of well. like international football where you've got because I think he he likes Dan Burn, he wants him in the starting eleven, but he also wants Botman and Shah in the starting eleven, and it's a bit like reminds me of Scotland when they've got um, Robertson Kieran and Tierney. so they play one of them as a centre back so they can get them both in the team. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could look to do a three at the back. You, know, you get all three of them in the team that way. You could trip you could easy play as a as a as a wing back. Yeah. Livermento could play as a wing back the yeah. other side. So yeah, that's an option. But I'd then love to see Dan Byrne as a wing back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be on the wing. I'm not sure how much how back he'll be. He'd be running around with an oxygen tank on his back. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, Newcastle recovered a little bit. That's a couple of wins now uh, in the last few games. They've recovered 
after a real slump um, around the Christmas or just after Christmas time. Um, still 10 points, though, off a of fifth place. That, that slump has really cost them that momentum mm. trying to get back into Europe. Do you think that they're going to squeeze back into Europe or do you think that that's probably done now? Or in terms of when I say Europe, I mean like, you know, Champions League and Europa. Is Conference League now the, the realistic aim for them, do you think? So I'm assuming Conference now goes down to eighth. I'm not sure. Because uh, uh, I don't think yeah, we're guaranteed know. that fifth spot. Yet. No, it, it depends on how you do points-wise. It's going to depend on how... Other teams in other leagues. Yeah, it's, it's going to depend on... Uh, well, I think it matter, also depends on how well we do in Europe as, as a nation. Yeah, so all as the a English nation, teams. Yeah. So, and that's not just in the Champions League, but that's also the Europa League and the Conference League. So if all of our teams go deep, then we'll get the yeah. extra spots. Um, so, yeah, um, hopefully... Um, Oh, he's a clock one of the bollocks. I'm not sure it's a bollocks or a stomach. Either way, it's going to work from that distance. Oh yeah, that's not that's not sack. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I feel like Newcastle um, consolidate your season. You've had a um, you've, you've had a, a cracking European adventure, albeit disappointing the way it ended in the end. Um, let's see what they do in the summer because in the summer, crucially, that will be the last year of Mike Ashley's financial stuff on their books for the three year FFP period. So it'll be interesting to see, can Newcastle now all of a sudden put their foot on the gas when it comes to spending? And and we'll see what they do in the summer. Uh, Nottingham Forest-wise, I mean, they cannot stop conceding goals at the moment. Mm. Um, And they've slid down the league somewhat. They're now just two points ahead of Everton in 18th place. Uh, Sorry, they're in 18th place, Nottingham Forest in 16th. Um, I mean, we've not really spoken to them a huge amount about being massive realistic targets to go down we've kind of assumed that it's going to be perhaps three of that bottom four at the moment but Nottingham Forest are in real trouble mm. um, they've got I'm sure they'll have the majority of their um, players back now from AFCON I don't know if they had anybody involved in the um, third fourth place and, and the final over the weekend um, but they need to sort that out quickly mm. um, because if you if you don't keep clean sheets you are going to find yourself in deep shit to come the end of the season do you think they do you think they could go do you think they could drop down they're definitely not out of it. They're yeah. gonna. Um, I think they'll be in there right to the end. Yeah, I, th- I think it's one of those where it sounds stupid, but it depends how the teams below them do. Mm. Are they going to be three worse yeah. than them? Uh, big good news for them though is that Awanyi was back at the weekend. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that was his first game back. It was the first game I've seen him back. He's Nigerian as well, isn't he? Uh, I don't know. I think he was injured. I don't think he was away for right. Afcon, to the best of my knowledge. Um, but having him back, he scored a he, t- he scored a really nice goal. It was offside. It was a really good finish from a tight angle in this game. Yeah. Um, Chris Woods. I think he's currently injured, but he was on a decent run of scoring uh, goals before he got injured. So they've got players and they're capable. I hate that. It's Gibbs White. You hate him. I hate him. Why? It's just a twat. <laughs> <laughs> no other reason. Yeah. Just that. We he got in like a scuffle, didn't he? Yeah, he's got a, he's got that bit of um. Do you know he reminds me of he reminds me a little bit of Kevin Prince Boateng. Do you remember how he was? He was yeah. always like really at every club he was at. He was always really big time. He was like at Pompey, at like AC Milan, all the clubs he was at. He was always a bit big time. As Morgan Gibbs White's got a bit of that about him. Um, but from an attacking point of view, Forest have got an, a decent attacking squad. Yeah, now. they do. Yeah, you know, Alanga's been playing quite well for them. Um, it's just defensively that's their their big problem. So you say that about nearly every team. Like every team is cons- this must be one of the highest scoring Premier League seasons already. 
Yeah, it seems to be goals everywhere. I'd, I'd well. love to be honest. Maybe Dan, that's your job for next week. Find find some stats about the number of goals scored this season and, and lack of clean sheets this I know, year. I think um, it was last, last weekend was the highest scoring weekend mm, in yeah. Premier League history. Yeah, um, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, you've only got to look at FPL points and realize how few clean sheets there have been. Yeah. Each week, um, I mean, I think the fact that Dallow got one this week, but it was on my bench, is kind of neither here nor there. I've just been not been getting clean sheets from freaking anybody this season. Um, so, um, right, okay. Well, that brings us to the end of the sort of the Premier League chat. Um, let's now begin to round out the show, and we'll start with this. <laughs> Damn the stat, man. So, João Pedro is the joint. Um, sort of player to come on as a sub in terms of goal scoring with four <laughs> goals as a sub. I didn't word it as well as I did. Um, but who is the second super sub this season? Second super sub. They've got four goals off the bench this season. Uh, Jota? No. Diaz? No. Nunes? No. Yeah, well, well, it's just they, they, they rotate their front <laughs> three a lot. Uh, Alvarez? No. Just thinking about what managers rotate their teams a lot. Martinelli? No. Good shout, though. Inketia? No. Are we in the right sort of area? Uh, what, in terms of, of position team? or teams? Yeah, like the top half teams. Yeah. Wilson? No. Good shout um, Could it be a United player? McTominay? Yeah. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Oh, look at he's, he's a well, secret well, fan, isn't he? He's even bringing stats out. He's literally it. Fellaini. Just send him on, like, get your noggin on it, son. It's a fucking good... I mean, we didn't talk about that header, to be fair. Mm, it was a cracking header, really yeah. good cross from... It was Dallow with the cross, wasn't yeah. it, I think? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a cracking header. Right. What quiz for us, Lee? I have. Oh, my guy, my guy. Right, time for the quiz. This quiz is all about this season so far. So, okay, same as normal. Right same as down. normal. Right and down. We'll get back over them. I still got my answers last week. I always, I don't know how you do it. Sometimes I can't be asked for my notes, so I just find a message. So I've just got my dad's like text message string on here with just all the answers in there. Really? Yeah. One day I'll just send him to Yeah, no, me, I'd end up sending it. <laughs> right, so question number one Which team ended Aston Villa's 15 match winning streak? This season. Mm. Uh, sorry, that's a home winning streak, not just streak. One in 19 chance. Mm. <laughs> no, one in 18. It definitely went West Ham. Um, okay. Yep. Got one. Um, okay, I'm just going to guess. Yeah, mine's a bit of an educated guess. So, question number two. Which club has won back-to-back matches 5-0 this season? I remember that one. Uh, It's not Chelsea. It's not United. 
Is West Ham. You said uh, one game, not a lost game, back to back. I'm not sure we scored ten goals. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number three: Which player has equaled the Premier League assist record in a single match, setting up four goals? Four goals in a single game. I don't think which teams have won big this year. Mm, I think I know, but I could be wrong. I'll try. I'll try him. Yeah. I love these because you sometimes you're really confident, and then you say your answer, and you're like, "No, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You'd have to say that's me, mate. I do that almost every week. I know this one. I know it's that guy. I've got an answer for that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who are the only team to have beaten Liverpool this season? I thought they'd lost two now. They just lost to Arsenal. Unless Arsenal's the answer. Arsenal is not the answer. So yeah, they just so lost to Arsenal last yeah, week. That like quiz must have been done before last weekend. <laughs> last week. okay. Come on, Pete. Who else? <laughs> <laughs> I should have just put Arsenal. I would have stumped him. Um... Okay, who are the only teams who have beaten Liverpool this season? Before <laughs> <laughs> before when this quiz was written. Um... Hmm. Oh shit, this is the 2000, 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping all these are correct now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will go with. I don't think he beat him, did they? Okay. Yeah, I've got an answer. It's not right, but I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um. Where are we? Man United have only drawn one match this season. Who was it against? We drawn one game this year. Uh, Let me just check. <laughs> no, that is not correct now. You've drawn, drawn two now. Yeah, drawn two. Off so one. that was like over three or four weeks ago. I swear this was done <laughs> this weekend. This one that I used. Hold the phone. Hold the VAR. phone. VAR. <laughs> You get some sound effects from uh, the VAR room. Yeah, because we've won three games. Okay, Lee, Lee, can you just uh, delay the restart of play? <laughs> just, uh, we're just checking. We're just checking. Oh, yeah, this is a, a, a couple of months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Let me just check them as I'm going along there. I think the from what you've said so far, yeah, I think other than most the, of them will yeah. still be applicable, yeah. I think. All oh, right, so have you got an answer for that yeah. uh, What was it that we've drawn with? Yeah. So, so how many games have United drawn now? I know one and of the two. teams we've drawn. Can I ask you if it's that one? So I don't want to give it. To well, me. just change, yeah, change, yeah. change the. I'll uh, write it down. Yeah. Was well, either that or change the question? Say which two teams? Which one or two teams have they drawn? Is that one that you think you? Yeah. Drawn? Okay. I know we've drawn with them. Okay. So can I put that? Or should I, is it the other one? That's fine. It, <laughs> I don't, no, look, just say one of the two. I would leave it as that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. Okay. Um, which team did Brighton draw with to keep their first clean sheet of the season? God, they've not kept, have they kept the clean sheet this year? Yeah, that was quite recently, actually. Oh, actually. I don't need to tell you what the scoreline was. This one. Because it was the first nil-nil they'd had yeah. in, like, years or something. Yeah. I just want to check this next one, because this next one might not be right now. 
Love it here in this bit of the podcast. <laughs> How do you get the... Uh, I literally do so little out. editing on the majority <laughs> of the podcast. I get here and I'm fucking going through with a fine tooth comb. Oh, it is correct, just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so have you got the uh, answers for that one? Yep. Yeah, that was six, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so which team have scored the most goals this season so far? I'm pretty sure they're still correct. As well. <laughs> okay, yeah. Which of these players has not scored a Premier League hat-trick this season? Uh, Mohamed Salah, Dominic Solanke, uh, Son Heung-min and Evan Ferguson. So one of them has not scored a hat-trick. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I've done <laughs> guess the attendance for the last two yeah. again. So well, I did my research this week. I know all uh, of the Premier League ones. So Liverpool I, don't, I didn't Burnley. really. I didn't uh, really. I picked Liverpool because it's the first time they had that part of the stand open, so it was a higher than normal attendance. Okay. So Liverpool versus Burnley. Genuinely, I think I know that because I heard them say it on match today. If you do the West Ham one, can you specific what time you're taking the attendance? Yeah, from? exactly. <laughs> from the start, not, <laughs> not twenty-five minutes in when everyone left. So there's a higher than normal. <laughs> Yeah, because they had the they, new part of their stadium open for the first no, time. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with that then. It was a shit game though. I can't imagine that many people went. I've got it for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wolves versus Brentford. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know what their capacity is actually. Okay. 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 Yeah, I've got a guess. Okay. Well, let's go through them. How confident we are in these answers, Ellie? Not, not so confident. <laughs> so, uh, we, well, this one will have to be right. So, which team ended Aston Villa's 15 match home match winning streak? I wasn't sure. I wasn't 100%. I sure. went Newcastle. Okay. I went Brighton. Sheffield United. Okay. Uh, which club has won back to back matches 5 0 this season? Uh, I know this because one of them was against West Ham. It's Fulham. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went Arsenal. 1 0. Uh, which player equaled the Premier League assist record in a single match, setting up four goals? I put James Madison. I put Odegaard. Jeremy Doku. Oh, of oh, course, yeah. Because they talking about him last week. Yeah. I thought that might have been a tap in. Uh, so, who are the only team to have beaten Liverpool this season? Asterix. <laughs> I had a complete. I have no idea who this was. So I guessed that someone sort of not so good. I went Brentford. I'm. Really sure it's Spurs. It is Spurs. Okay. You were right, Sanders. Not it's a team that's not that good. <laughs> uh, Man United have only drawn one match this season. Who was it against? Asterix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I put Spurs, but based on the fact the last answer was Spurs, I doubt this one is. It's Liverpool. Okay. Yeah, it's Liverpool. So who was the other one that you did recently then? I can't actually remember. <laughs> uh, right, so that is... I think it was Everton. Okay. 2-1 now? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, 2-1 to Dan, yeah. Uh, which team did Brighton draw with to keep their first clean sheet of the season? Pretty sure it was West Ham. Was it? Uh, I put Brentford. Was West Ham. 2-2. Uh, One of the worst games I've ever imagined. Yeah. Which team has scored the most goals this season? I think it's Liverpool. I went Aston Villa. Man City. Fuck, is it? Yeah, by I thought one. Liverpool had scored and conceded. They've won. They've, yeah, scored one more than Liverpool. Uh. Um... I think we've both... Which of these players has not scored a Premier League hat-trick this season? Mo Salah. Mo Salah. Yes. Or it's down to the guess the attendance. Well, I've lost. (laughs) (laughs) So is that two... Was that three Three or... So guess the attendance, Liverpool versus Burnley. 
I am 99% certain it was around the 59,000 mark. Okay. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure their capacity was 54, so I've gone to 58. So you got 58, you got 59. 59,896. <laughs> How much is it? 59,896. I put 60k and I changed it. That was <laughs> <a> <laughs> <You> <laughs> <were> <laughs> <running>. <laughs> okay, Walsby Brentford. Bit of a guess this one. What'd you go? 35. I went 26. Wow. 30,731. Who's close? So, Dan, just. <laughs> just, yeah, you're just <laughs> closer. 200. Oh, so we need a tiebreaker. Let me find a um, another. Attendance thing because it's the easiest thing to do. Okay, let's go with <coughs> Luton versus Sheffield United. <laughs> 55. Oh, there's. <laughs> I was like, what's the question? That's the attendance. You're right, mate. Question. This is the tiebreaker. Because yeah. uh... I know it's low, but I don't want to be ridiculous and go too low. Yeah, I've done mine. This is this might be way this might be way too low. I don't know. Actually, I'm going to change mine. Oh, should I? No, I've got to go with what I originally put. Otherwise, I'd be annoyed myself. I think this is too low, but I'm going to go with it. I've got seven and a half thousand. I feel like I should. All right, I'm fifteen thousand. I put eleven thousand one hundred twelve thousand. Hang on, I think you're closer. So, How would you say it was eleven thousand one hundred and thirty-eight? So I'm three thousand <laughs> six hundred away. And what did you go with? Fifteen. Yeah, just you. Just yeah. I changed it to twelve, and then I said no. Go back to what you originally put. Fucking <laughs> hell! Oh, there Which we go. Lovely. Right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, for those interested, the final. <laughs> Uh, YouTube video of the uh, season five of LMA goes out tomorrow. It is a compilation of all the uh, great goals and uh, funny moments of Dan ripping the shit out of me uh, all season. Um, so that will go out tomorrow. And then the live stream, the end of season live stream is this Friday evening uh, where me and Dan will be finishing off season five. And there is a ton to play for, including uh, both of us on for trophies. Mm -hmm. uh, Dan's got his unbeaten record to potentially uh, to to finish off the season with. So yeah, lots to, uh, lots Chris to play. Chris has got that manager of the month coming up. <laughs> you can't keep using the same <laughs> stick to beat me with, Dan, okay? The stick is broken. Leave it, just leave it out. Um, so yes, uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Make sure you leave all the uh, nice reviews for us wherever you get your pods from. <laughs> and we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.